This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. How you doing, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Ready to Record from Blue Girl Studios, proudly sponsored by VFX Unleashed, powered by Amarillo College and SimCorp Productions. My name is Daniel, the D3 Cohen. I'm your host, and I'm speaking to you from Blue Girl Productions' worldwide headquarters and studios here in my garage. I'm a 20-year-old aspiring musician, engineer, and producer, and like many of you guys, I make music out of my own home studio. You know, some of today's biggest hitmakers work from home studios, so maybe we can help one of you accomplish your big dreams. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to talk about our sponsor, VFX Unleashed, powered by Amarillo College and SEMCOR Productions. VFX Unleashed is a complete accredited online VFX school where you can learn how to have a career in the visual effects industry in classes taught by industry professionals. There are programs in all major aspects of VFX production and software, including Photoshop, After Effects, Maya, Nuke, Cinema 4D, Online, fully remote classes start every eight weeks, and a full VFX studio within Amarillo College's Innovation Outpost will open next year, which will have a state-of-the-art soundstage and motion capture studio. You can check out all that VFX Unleashed has to offer and enroll today at vfxunleashed.com. Thank you to VFX Unleashed and SEMCOR for being our very first sponsor. We are proud to have you. Now, let's get into the show. Today, we are continuing with part three, the final part of our conversation with Adam Eggert. Uh, the beginning of this episode is going to be kind of directed towards me specifically, but it is very, very worthwhile information nonetheless. And I think you all will find some use out of it if you are interested in building amplifiers. So without further ado, here's part three with Adam Eggert. Now, look, if you're playing out, you can't bring 40-watt amplifiers around there, around without master volume controls. They're just too big for any place to play. You know, like... Unless you, you have a board unless you have a board full of Theo Hartman pedals, which I do because I, as a kid, worked for Theo Hartman. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying. 
You know, you might Wait, build yourself yeah. one of the deluxe reverb clones. Mm hmm. Put it in a head. And you could play it through the two 15s. Right. And I will tell you, you'll move enough air for any place with that. Mm hmm. And the sound will be unbelievable. You know, if you're going to do it, you know, use mercury magnetics. Um, we, 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 I, I still, I think I still have the phone number of my, my mentor's uh, contact there. We, we, when, when any, anytime a Fender amp came in, any amp actually, anytime an amplifier came in that we needed to do a transformer on, only mercury iron. Right. If you ever need, I have, I, I have accounts with all those guys. You just reach out to me. I can get you stuff at you know, my class. Um, you know, just to help you out. Uh, all these guys were mentioning. Um, the uh, Mercury Magnetics makes a really wonderful um, deluxe reverb multi-tap um, transformer with, a, you know, a bigger stack in it. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, that's probably the best gigging amplifier you'll have. I mean, mm -hmm. it, something built with that will be the best gigging amplifier you'll have. You'll get all the blackface that you want out of it. The low end will hold together way better, so you can really push it. You'll have multi-tap outs. You can play to whatever speaker con configuration you ever wanted to play through. You could even put it in a combo and then drive the extension thing to your 15s if you wanted to. Because sure. you can always dial in whatever impedance you wanted to play with. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's really great iron. And if you ever want to, you let me know. Um, there, there's a great kit company. Personally, I have a friend of mine who I turned on to doing, who, who's going to do a kit and he built it and you know, it's got a lot of crazy, it's got a master volume control on it. If you turn the master all the way up, it's as if it's not there. Right. Um, right. But Allen amplification makes a great kit. Hmm. I, I don't have an account with him, but you, if I was building that, all the little quirks that are problematic within building a deluxe, managing where the grounds go, you know, figuring all that stuff. Because, you know, setting your grounds right inside those blackface amplifiers is really, really important. Yeah. Especially if you're using one speaker because you just get ghost notes all over the place if you don't do it right. Um, mm -hmm. And even when you do it right, there's always going to be one fret that's going to make a little noise um, with yeah. one speaker for sure. So, but this amp is, is really well thought out. Um, and it has a lot of options to it. You could look it up online if you're going to build one. But I would really recommend it, Daniel. It'll be a fun, fun project for you, I am sure. From this conversation, you you would you would throw yourself into this. You'd be done with building the amplifier in two days. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure you wouldn't come up for air. And I'm sure, considering where you come from, you have soldering skills. So not worrying about like Ahab and his blowtorch going in and ruining all your components. <laughs> right? You know, you... Well, you know, I I haven't been in an amp in a in a long time, but I I rebuild my um, I I've I've built I'm actually looking at one of them. I've built basses, I've rebuilt guitars. You know, I I'm I'm in my instruments all the time, so I I I make sure I, I do keep my soldering skills up. Um, yeah, you got that. I mean, this that, is easy stuff way. to do. It's all point to point stuff. None of it is surface mount. None of it is like through hole. It's none of that. It's all point to point the way you're used to working. Yeah, you which know? is my favorite way to work. 
Right. You know, this is not rocket science. The directions in it are easy. The, my buddy who built it is a guitar player who's never had a soldering iron in his hand before, and he built it, and it went off without a hitch. He called well, me every once in a while to ask some stuff, and I sent him some components, which I will do for you as well. If you end up building one of these amps, I'll send you some you know, of the right carbon comps that you need in certain places, which they're not going to give you. And I'll measure them and match them and do everything so that you have, you know, you know, your two twenties are exactly matched within one percent. You know, give you, you know, you know, uh, four seventy ohm resistors. I, I I'll get you everything you need if you want to do it. You just reach out to me. Okay. Will do. Yeah. Which which one of these Allen kits would you recommend? Because they have a whole lot of models here. Yeah, I know. I'm not even looking at it. I, I don't. I have to get from him which one he did. Um, it's like the deluxe. It's like it can be two six v sixes or it can be two six l sixes. Not sure which iron they have that comes with it. Output power twenty two watts. It's probably this I'm one. Guessing... It's probably the Chihuahua. Uh, I'm looking at the Encore. It's, it looked it looked a little bit. Or the Accomplice. It might be the Accomplice. Maybe it's the Encore. I don't know. Let me. I have to see. Let's see. Amp models. Well, the Chihuahua is single uh, 6L6 or single 6V6. No, 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 no. It's like going to be two 6V6 or two. Yeah, I would tend to think it's the Accomplice. But just from looking at, what is that the, let me just take a look here. I was just looking at the Encore. It has the it had the right twenty two watts with six V sixes, thirty five watts with six L sixes, four twelve AX seven, six six V sixes or two six six L sixes and a GZ thirty four. Sounds a little bit like a deluxe, right? Base middle, but it does have base middle and treble. <laughs> and raw yeah, controls. So it's Post driver using master so, volume. So in a so in a weird way, this kind of has blackface tones with silver face late model silver face controls um yeah but remember you can change any of this stuff any way they want these are simple mods you know right wonder what the hell the raw control is yeah i haven't looked at the spec at the the, the sheet but you'll have to take a look at it this looks quite interesting you buy the kit right and to give you the availability to, like, you know, if you wanted to push it to 35 watts, you could. Mm -hmm. Right? Interesting little amp. Very. But I would say this much. You know, it might pay to do just the deluxe reverb because then you have the two channels. And because you've got the three gain stages, you can jumper the channels. It gives you so much more, you know. Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned deluxes because my – one of the things that I've been looking at I'm I'm a little bit priced out of the blackface deluxe reverbs right oh, now. Oh yeah, everybody is. <laughs> well, well, I was a little bit more flush a, a few months ago, and then I spent six thousand dollars on uh, on gas. Um, hey. uh, uh, <laughs> well, no, it, it was for good reason. I, I I didn't I didn't do it for any foolish reasons. I I, I actually did it. Uh, so I I have about nine album projects, album EP projects coming up here. And, um, and actually one of them is with Gordon Clay. <laughs> oh, there you go. He's showing up in January. We're doing, we're doing a project. Um, and, 
so I, I sent some demos to a buddy of mine. He happens to he, he's a studio guy. He uh, he ran a studio out in uh, Burbank called Mad Dog. Um, did a lot of work with guys like uh, Buck Owens and, and Lucinda Williams and Dwight Yoakam, those kind of people. Um, but he now, since shutting down his studio, is the president of a company called Mojave Audio. And if you don't know the Mojave Audio. I know who they are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David Royer's company. Other companies. Yeah. Aside from right, 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 right. Microphones. Nice microphones. Very, very nice microphones. I'm, I'm speaking through their, uh, their base model MA50 right now, which is a transformerless FET mic. Fantastic microphone. No, no, no controls on it. No pads, no filters, no multiple polar patterns, nothing like that. Still a great high SPL mic. Surprisingly good high SPL mic. Um, and, uh, and also very good for voiceover as I'm sure you can hear in part. Um, yeah, you sound better and, than me, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, just maybe, maybe just a little bit. I I I would hope the uh, the six hundred dollar mic sounds better than than a pair of in ears. Um, yeah, but uh, but uh, I I sent him some demos, uh, and we you know we're buddies. We talked on the phone for an hour and a half, and we, we were laughing. And I was like, "So what are you working on?" And I went, "Here, I'll send you some demos." And he, he was like, "Cool, I'll listen to these." He got back to me a couple days later. I was like, "So what you think? You these are great. Uh, how about I send you some mics to finish out these projects?" So he sent me a bunch of mics on on loan as demo units. And he said, well, if you like them, buy them off of me. Um, and, uh, we've been using it at least two every day around here. So, uh, I've, I've, I, I ended up spending a bunch of money, uh, getting a, getting mic preamps so I could, you know, have good mic pre's in conjunction with, uh, with all these beautiful microphones that, that Dusty loaned me. Right. Did um, you get it? Did you get a Royer? I did not get any Royers. Um, those ribbons are, Oh, they're phenomenal. Super yeah. Good. So, so, <laughs> so, so my, so the, my, my mentor in an amp, in, in the amp tech shop, um, he's also a recording engineer and he was the one who sold me my first studio rig drum tracking days when I was a, apprenticing with him because I apprenticed with him as a studio assistant and as a, uh, and, and as an amp technician. Um, so drum tracking days, oftentimes three microphones you had at the time a sure beta 52 he now uses a telefunken m83 dynamic on the bass drum but just a single bass drum mic dynamic bass drum mic um at the time it was a telefunken m80 on the snare and then either a mono overhead in the form of an r121 or the royer sf24 Stereo ribbon. Nice. Great microphones. Incredible microphones. Yeah, no, they're really um, great microphones. Yeah, there's no doubt. So yes, I, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of experience with the uh with the with the Royer gear, but at, at present I have the uh the pair of MA fifties and MA two oh one FET and a pair of uh tube MA two hundreds from from Mojave Audio, which are also David Royer designs um and gorgeous condensers. And I'm I'm running them through um, Warm Audio. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Probably yes. have. They're 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 huge at this point. Um, I have one of their uh, API thirty one twenty four clones, the WA four twelve. Um, I also ended up purchasing because I am just a total focus right slut. Um, I I bought uh, an ISA four two eight Mark two. Um, and then I have a couple of black lion pieces that I actually bought off my, uh, my old mentor, Phil, 
their take on the 1073s and their original design, uh, the Black Lion Auteur. Um, and they're phenomenal. And so I, 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 I really put my money into, uh, in, into uh, the recording gear lately. But uh, had I not, I would have probably bought a 66 Deluxe or a 65 Pro. Because they were available and they were $2,500, which I was ready to bite the bullet for. Yeah, don't <laughs> buy the, you know, the Pro is a great, great amp. But, you know, here you are with another two-gain stage amplifier. Buy yourself a three-gain stage amplifier. Right. Do yourself, do yourself the favor. Check them out. You know, that's – I think you're going to get it when you hear it. And – um. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a huge and fan. And you're of all six L6s. You don't have any. You don't have anything that that you can starve the way you can starve a six feet small bottle. Mm-hmm. Right. Altitude. Right. You know, I've I've done I've done plenty of recording with the VibroChamp stuff, but you know, not the I I don't have a lot of experience with the sort of middle of the road. But it like it's either tiny amps five six eight watts and then 40 50 watts no um, 40 50 watt amplifiers are amazing dude but you, you you know in where you play them you cannot push them so that they are doing what you want them to do and right. that's one point the other point is it'd be another thing if you were playing through a super which i love supers they're right. they are arguably my favorite fender combo amp yeah and the or reason you like them so much is because they've got an extra gain stage is what i'm trying to tell you and right and the other side of the problem with a super is that a super you can't play. You can't hear the tone on a super. Four tens focus 50, 60 feet away. Right. You don't know what that amplifier sounds like until you're out there. And you're mm-hmm. not standing that far away from them. And if you no. are playing it, you're playing it on three. You're not playing it on five or six. Yeah, I may be a little bit stupid in my basement, but. Right. Really? You're, you're, so, you're, uh, we're back to the ear protection discussion. <laughs> I'm recording them. I have headphones on at low volume. Yeah, you know it's it's the kind of thing that you want to push. You know, and 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 that amplifier is amazing. You take that amp. You take really that amplifier is great. But if you think that's great, you can't hear the vibe reverb. Mm-hmm. No, okay. they're they're. There's a reason there. There's a reason the vibroverbs are the most coveted of all of them. Well, the reason they are is because they made so few of them. The reason they are is because it's the one Stevie Ray Vaughan lived and died with. Right. Um, he played supers as well. But the reason he's living, the reason it's the most coveted in them all, is the reason you love the cabinet that you have. It's because it's a fifteen. Yeah. You know what? That was actually something that I almost picked up. There was a guy with a very, very heavily modified 66, 67 Super, and it had been recabineted into a hardwood cabinet, so no more Tolex, but still built to look like a Super. And he had a 410 baffle for it, but what he had in there was a custom-made 2-ohm to match the original impedance of the output, um, 15. So it was a 115 amplifier. Yeah, and it it was something so intriguing to me because you know tens are great, but there there is something about a fifteen where 
everything is on display right there. Oh, no, it's very close up. It's really present. It's right there. And I will tell you, that's basically one of the major platforms that I build, which is basically off the Viberverb, which is the same as a super, except it has just um, travel and base versus travel middle base. Mm-hmm. And um, it's got the 115, so it focuses much closer. And the plate voltages on the preamp are way hotter. It's the highest. It's, it, it's got the most swing, the most headroom, and it gets the dirt. You know, it pushes in a way that none, 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 none of the other amps do, which is the vibe of So um, they make, this is the whole thing. You know, it's like, once you get into this, now, there are mods that destroy your amplifier, right? And then there are mods that don't do anything, right? Yeah. So, like, taking out an output transformer, right, and mm-hmm. replacing it with one that fits exactly in the same place and keeping your old output transformer always allows you to go right back to original. You're not making any new holes. You're not doing anything. Right. right. Okay. The other reason why the Viberverb is better is because it's 8 ohms. They don't change the feedback resistors in those amplifiers. So the voltage for the feedback through the 8 ohm speaker of what's coming back is much more set up for you to have that really wonderful breakup and even order distortion that you get out of that amp that you won't get out of the others. So as you change and you make the impedance change, like one of the great mods you can do to any one of these amps that have like four ohms, two ohms, or whatever it is, is to change the feedback resistor. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. You know, but the point is that's, you know, you can also do that and, you know, not, and, and stay original. You know, mm-hmm. just by you know putting the original back. But the point is, that's where the perfect storm is. So, like, if I was building an amplifier today, like that Allen amp that we were discussing, you're building a platform that can be two six v sixes, two six l sixes. Pay attention to what he's got built at the amplifier, but you could always tweak some of the stuff that you want to tweak because you want it to be what. You know, yours is right, right. Um, for for what you want, and manage your output transformer and the impedance of your speakers so that it sort of matches for that best sweet spot, and you know, it it goes from there. I think, you know, I, I know I said it a few times. Get that extra gain stage, play with it, and see what it does for you. Right. It'll be, it'll be a fun experiment. I have a feeling if you build these things into a head cabinet, or at least if you build it into a cabinet, and you have a variable output transformer that you can plug other cabinets into, it's going to give you the flexibility that you're looking for as you're starting to record, as you're playing on a stage, so that that amplifier is able to push the way you want it to push without blowing out everything else that's going on the stage. 
because I don't mm-hmm. see you playing stages. You know, you're not you're not playing thirty five hundred. Not at the moment. Facilities no. right now. You're not. And even mm-hmm. if you were, right? More well, than I was. Half half of the time, those guys, if they are micing amps, cabinets are going to be facing the back of the stage. Exactly. You know, they're, yeah. they're behind. They're behind in-ears. a wall of fake cabinets. And you're using in ears. You know. You right. You, the point is, you'll you'll see that the tone you're going to be able to drive, that the amplifier is not going to be throttled. The amplifier is going to have the full range to play with. And then just giving you a better, deeper palette to play with. Which is why someone like Pete Townsend can go on to the stage of The Who and play with a pair of Vibro Kings. Well, but remember, the, those Vibro Kings are pretty powerful amplifiers. True. They are. And he used to play through high-watt, 100-watt heads. Right, Marshall Plexis and high-watts. And, and Entwistle's rig was, you know, a couple thousand watts worth of sun amps. Right, but also, they had to fill up the whole place. Very and true. they were still too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with the amount that uh, that Townsend's hearing is gone, yes. <laughs> yes, they were. No, they were too loud. They were the loudest man in the world. They were constantly blowing 120 dB. Think about that. Mm-hmm. No ear protection. Just alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff to say the least. <laughs> Okay, here here's a question for you because you did bring up the five E nine circuit, um, and arguably it's a Tremolux circuit, and arguably one of the most, uh, uh, I guess, rare. I, I guess the rarest of all of the piggyback heads is the blackface Tremolux. Um, so what what are your thoughts on that amplifier? Because I don't hear a lot of people talk about it. It's it's just rare. No, it's really rare. I mean, listen, you know, it's rare. It's rare probably because people viewed it. It had, it was more expensive. Mm -hmm. Everyone looked at it as a 2.6 V6 amplifier. They didn't see any difference between that and a deluxe. And everyone was buying the 5 E3. You know, um, so that's the reason they, they decided to, you know, to keep right. it, you know, to, to, to not buy it. And it was also made for a pretty short period of time. Um, my thought process on this amplifier is really specifically around what drove me to make the amp that I told you that Chris, that I built for Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, it's a fixed biased Amp, at least I remember. Maybe I'm wrong. Give me a second. I don't know if the head is. I'm, I'm. You know, I thought it was fixed bias. Why? You know, I could be wrong here. Give me a second. Let me open up the schematic. I'm remembering it correctly. See, this. It's been 15 years since I've looked. 10 years since I've looked at the schematic. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. But I remembered it being fixed bias. Why is that? 
So then I am wrong, okay? And I will take the fact that I'm wrong. I remember playing through one and it sounded unbelievable. I mean, just really off the charts. But really what it is is a deluxe reverb. And, I mean, right. uh, a 5E3 with Tremolux in it, the tremolo in it. And mm -hmm. I believe it's really, it's real tremolo. It's not, it's a tremolo circuit. Mm -hmm. So it's not, um, you know, uh, vibra. So, right. So that was that. So I'm wrong. God, I thought it was, boy, I don't know why. It's the case. But the reason I thought it was something that you'd want to look at, okay, which is my bad. <laughs> and I'll keep saying um, that that was, oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Were you wrong about being wrong? Okay. It's not the Tremolux. It's the Vibralux. Ah. The 5F11. I got them mixed up. That is the front end and circuit of a 5E3 with a fixed bias in it. That's the one. The Vibralux. The Fender Vibralux. And the reason is, is the fixed bias. Because mm -hmm. it's going to take, remember, this is an unbelievably saggy amplifier, right? You know, I have to put it on the bench to see how much it was actually you know, what it was operating with, with, um, you know, what the plate dissipation was on it. But, you know, it wasn't 12 watts. It was probably more like 15 watts. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And which is a huge difference. Huge yeah. difference in these amplifiers. Um, let me get the schematic up. There it is. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, it, it's going to give, it's going to hold together fat more on the back end and give you more headroom. What limited headroom you can get with the amount of, you know, filtering that's in it, but it also has a choke, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get a better bass response out of this than you will out, would out of 5B3. It's going to hold together a little longer. When it goes over, it's going to sound like the hellhounds are chasing you, you know? <laughs> right. Just like all these amps will. Um, yet it will, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll do that. The 5F11. And then there was a 5G11 as well which might even be the one to really look at. That's what added the choke. Yeah, you know, I mean, the kits are pretty cool. Um, 5G11, where is it? I had it. Because that one has the choke in it, and that would be the one to do. Mm -hmm. But again...
it's a great one trick for me it would be a great one trick recording it mm -hmm. you know we do this 5g 11 um e11 5g11 where did it go i had it okay but that has the choke in it i wanted to see what the what the voltages were on the power supply g11 here it is okay okay yeah so it it ups the the voltages on the plates a little bit too so it gives you you know gives you more to work with more of a swing mm -hmm. as resistors on the screen it has you know it's got the long tail pair you know it's like a tweed with a brown face black end back end you know hmm. fascinating fun amp you know but all these amps are pretty cool you know and you could build them into head cabinets too that's like what i was saying you know and then you could plug them into whatever you want and right, with right. going to you know because you're not doing anything original you can go to any you can go to like mercury and get a multi-tap output transformer and then you can really craft it to whatever speaker you want to use at the moment mm -hmm. and that's that's what's cool about this stuff you know and when I'm building the amps, I, you know, I don't do much around, you know, putting in, uh, you know, effects loops or switching for channels or master volumes and any of that kind of stuff. You know, it's like. I don't really do much with effects loops. The, you know what? Here's, here's the only thing that I've used an effects loop for recently. Uh, my, my uncle the one who has the vibro champ uh we just put his amp in for service and so we had to we had to uh use one another one of his amps and he has a uh Egnator rebel 20 head yeah they're great little amps they're fantastic um they're they're impressive um especially with the fact that you can put a pair of 6v's in it and then a pair of 84s um and have a blend knob and uh it has an effects loop now because my uncle has been a Vibrochamp player forever um, with no internal reverb, he bought one of the reissue Fender Spring reverb tanks. Um, you know, the self-contained unit thing. And because it had the effects loop, I ended up putting the, uh, I ended up putting the reverb uh, unit in the effects loop. So it acted like it was roughly where it would be in a Fender amp ish but that's that's really the only time i've used an effects loop in the last two to three years you know right. i don't i don't have effects loops in my own amplifiers i don't really think they're super worthwhile i mean i get the appeal of putting your time-based effects in them but you know uh, the majority of stuff i'd i would just put in the front end anyway so i don't feel the need for them and when you're uh, and when and when you primarily play vintage fenders as I do, you know you you don't have access to them anyway, so you don't miss them. Yeah, plenty of people have though jumpered and played with all that crazy shit to do it, and it's pretty easy to do on those amplifiers to put yeah you know, a loop in there. You know, it's really you know pretty easy to do. You know, 
there are a lot of fun little mods to do those amplifiers. And I know, granted, you don't have reverb in those amplifiers that you're using. Um, but like, you know, most of those amps, I do quick mods that can be reversed that like take the normal channel, put it into the reverb mix. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, nobody uses the normal channel. Right, everybody uses the vibrato channel, but almost nobody uses the vibrato. Right. So, and oftentimes the normal channel sounds better. Um, I don't know about that. Depends on which amp you're talking about. Um, well, I, know, I'm, I'm, I'm going off. Well, I mean, if you're playing through 215s, the answer might be yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Like my, my, my 68, the, the, the Silverface Bandmaster, in, in, from my opinion... Um, and my standpoint through the blackface 215 cabinet, well, the normal channel's starting to sound better. Yeah, do yourself a favor, okay? You know, um, I don't know. Normal channel, yeah. If you got 215s, yes. I mean, may, you know, because you've got you can handle the bass signals. Remember, you got a coupling cap that's you know much larger coming out of that, so you're getting a lot of signals, and the reason that the vibrato channel that they were using in most of these amps when they, that was the one that everybody used was because the speakers that were in there couldn't manage the amount of bass that was coming through. Right. So, you know, when you reset your tone stack point to what you're going to get with like, you know, a 0.047 coupling cap, you know, um, out of the normal channel, uh, you know, you're going to find, that you know the speaker cabinet that you have, it's closed back too, right? So you're going to yep. find that the speaker cabinet you have is going to hold together way better than that, and then all of a sudden the normal sounds pretty good, pretty good. You know, for a lot of the stuff that I'm doing right now, where I have, you know, I'm 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 voicing the normal channel. Or what would be a normal channel, right? On um, on the amps that I'm building, to be much more of a plexi front end, and I'm putting it through the reverb section, so you know the gain is nice. Um, and because of the change in the frequency response of the circuit. Um, it's a really amazing platform for pedals. So the guys who are looking for a really solid amp to be responsive with like pedal generated tones, they love that channel. I'm sure they do. And then the... The classic vibrato channel, mm-hmm. which on my amplifier says abnormal. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a couple of fun little things that I've done on my amps. So it says it says abnormal, and on you know on that channel, that's really carved and voiced for the guys who are the. I I want to say, pickups to co- cable to to amplifier, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they invariably might have a boost in front of that to do something if they wanted to. And they might put some sort of, like, a Strymon in front of it if they're doing, you know, heavy work with reverb or, 
you know, some sort of time delay. Right. Right. Um, you know, so that's there for them. Um, my amps also go to 11, by the way. <laughs> As well, they should. Oh, they do. They go to 11. These amps go to 11. So there's that. <laughs> Not that that has really anything to do other than the fact that everyone who sees it loves that. <laughs> well, um, it's, a, it, it's, it's, the, it's, it's everybody's favorite inside joke. Yes, exactly. Well, it's not even so inside anymore. Yeah, but True. yes, they, you know, they they get it. That I actually have the audacity to do it is another thing altogether. Um, so yeah, you know, so on my amps, I do a couple of little things like that. So as you're looking to build, you know, out this platform or build out an amp, if you decide to do it, you know, really dig into it. This stuff's easy. It's like working on a 60s car. You can crawl in the middle of it. You know, it's not like there's a bunch of mystery in these amplifiers when you point to point wiring. No, not at not all. Not like, you know, dealing with surface mount stuff, which is a, I won't touch it. It, it is a hassle. I, you I, have to have I'd the right rather... gear to work with it too. It's not like a regular solder well, right. station. You, you have to have all you, this you special gotta... rework work, you know, yeah. Well, it's not even reworks. It's hot air. And yeah, but it's a rework station. You got to flow things. You got it's it's a completely yeah. different animal, which I've never done. You know, I'm sure I could learn it. I I'm not going near it. I've 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 touched. You know what? In in the repair shop, I've I've touched a bunch of the surface mount um, AC fours, and I did them all by hand with a Weller soldering iron. But it is a pain. Oh it yeah, really. Yeah, and you can fry. You can fry, you know, traces. Mm-hmm. Really, if simple. you're not if you're not careful, you can. Yeah, even if you are careful, I mean, it's it's not easy to do. I um, no, no, God, no, no. I you know, it's so it's, it's something I really would never play with. Um, you know, um, what was I thinking about? Oh, I had something in my head I was going to say, and I forgot. Oh yeah, you know, and, and like other things that you might think about if you decide to do this kind of stuff. Because it's an open book, you can really do anything you want. You right. know, put in solid state, non-solid state rectifiers. You know what I mean? Have switching for that kind of stuff. Like you could switch it in and out. Um, and it gives it'll make these amplifiers. You know, as they stand, are amazing, but they're platforms to to really broaden what it is that you're presenting, just from the amplifier, not even from what you put on your ground effects. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. like I build pe pedals and stuff. Mm -hmm. There was a point where I was I had friends who were old, um, you know, because I was a manufacturer's rep. I knew all these guys in the in the component business, you know. Right. And I wanted to start building myself pedals. I wanted to build a pedal, a pedal, right? So I reached uh, I out. I understand. I reached out to Lionel at L&L years ago. I don't even know if Lionel's alive anyway. He's probably not. I reached out to Lionel and it's like, hey, Lionel, you got any germanium transistors? <laughs> yeah, I got plenty. Come on down. And I'm like, you know, at the time, buying like 404s or, 
you know, 167s, like, you know, the really old, amazing GEs, you know, like these really great Germanian mm-hmm. um, transistors to make fuzz pedals um, were, you know, you were paying four or five bucks a piece yeah. for them. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So, you know, he starts bringing out stuff. I said, so how much are these? He's like, ah, how many you want? And I'm like, Lionel, how much? Just tell me how much they are. He goes, listen, I can't take less than 10 cents per. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> how many you got? How many you got? How many you got? It's like, I don't know. 15,000? Like, I'll take them. I'll take them. Perfect. So I, bought, so I bought all of them. I come home with these boxes. My wife is like, what did you do? I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Right? What'd you do? I go, don't worry about it. And I start grading them and checking them out. I'm like, they're all like perfect fuzz face pair after perfect fuzz face pair coming out. Like incredible, both NPN and PNP transistors. Just right. Really holy, a, holy grails of transistors. Holy grails of transistors. Just like tremendous amount of them. So I make a call and I call Mike Matthews. I say, Mike, do you know who Mike Matthews is? I know his name more than I know who he is. Okay. You, you ever hear of electroharmonics? Yeah, that's Mike Matthews. So hmm. I, I call Mike. I'm like, I'm like, give me Mike. Mike, I've got transistors. What do you got? I go, I've got 404s. I got 167As. I've got blah blah blah. I've got da da da. I got go. How many have? I got how many you want? <laughs> he's like, he's like, really? How many have? I go, I don't know, fifteen thousand. What? <laughs> I go, yeah. He goes, what do they grade? I go, they grade out beautifully. Bring me some down. I want to see them. They come down with a box, one master box of a thousand. Okay. And I go into the room, they start grading them out. And they're like, how much you want for them? You know, and I know they're going to use these things, right? Right. Of course. So I said, I said, I'm firm at two bucks a pop. Firm. He's like, (laughs) bring them in. I want to see them. Bring him in, bring the whole thing. He bought, I, I kept 1500 for myself. Okay? Good number to keep for yourself. No, I kept 1500 for myself. Okay. And I get, and I, and I sold him the rest. And if you look back, you'll see there's a fuzz line that came out called the germanium line. Mm-hmm. That's the line. <laughs> I sold him. Sisters. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, really great stuff. So I, I, you know, I started building pedals just like that, just for myself in the same way. So there are certain pedals that I build that help these guys as well, you know. And then there are certain pedals of guys I know who build a certain pedal that I could build it, but it's their pedal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, some of them are no longer being made. Um that just do certain things for guys who have that kind of dynamics. You know, like I build great clown pedals. I have, I, I'd be interested to know if when you open it up, 
Let me know what I see is in it. Oh, will do. Yeah. I'd be really interested to know. And see, I'm sure it's soldered in, but see if it's socketed. Well, I know, I know who's were socketed. Um, at least I think they are. I, actually, yeah, it should be. So do you remember Theo Hartman? Mm, no. I don't remember much. I remember the name. But I so don't remember. Theo, Theo was around. He was an architecture student. He became an architect. He actually moved out here uh, to become an architect because uh, you could get an apprenticeship here to become a licensed architect instead of back east or somewhere in the Midwest. You would have to get a master's degree in order to do it. Now it's on the other side. That's too bad. I'm pretty sure this is socketed. Anyway, Theo. Um, was in bands, and uh, he uh, he he loves pedals, as most of us do. Um, and um, and so, after a while, he started a company called Hartman Electronic, make uh, Hartman Electronics, making boutique clones of pedals. We had a, a germanium fuzz face, a uh, oh right, silicon no, this, fuzz I've face. heard about this. Yes, I've heard about this. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we act, we we had a uh, we we Steve Stevens was one of our like top um, top endorsers. Uh, Mark Karen, uh, who played with Rat Dog. Um, yeah, no, I know, I know Mark Karen. Uh, the guy from Trips in the Main House, whose whose name I I am is, is, I'm forgetting. Uh, Bill Bell, who was Jason Mraz's guitar guy forever, and. Uh, You'll you'll hear me say we because as a kid I was his uh, chief demonstrator and I had the uh, the title of tone specialist. You wanted to know how these pedals worked. You wanted to know how to get the best tones out of them. You call me. Why? Because I got all the prototypes, and then uh, and then I'd send the prototypes back, and then I would get all the final versions that were about to be released, and I would listen to them through the basement with an HH Strat and a few different other guitars, and I was the one that gave notes and actually we went to nam we had one nam show we had a uh, winter nam 2013 i'm gonna have to edit my drill out um don't edit and... it out <laughs> and i was uh the demonstrator for nam 2013 that's awesome um so i i i have uh i have a lot of history with with hartman which is why i have pedals the majority of my pedal collection up until recently, actually, no, the majority of my pedal collection period is all the Hartman Electronics uh, pieces that we that we have, and one of them is a clone of um, the Rat, which I actually have an original Rat. It's it's uh, battered to hell, and the uh, I need to find a new enclosure for it because the enclosure is corroding. It has it, it started corroding long before uh, it was given to me, but. Um, uh, I have an original rat, so I I demoed this. Uh, I demoed our version of the rat, which is an, which has an LM three hundred eight IC in it, with an op amp, um, and it the, our version of the rat was lovingly named, and I'll send you a picture of it. It's the LM three hundred eight op amp distortion, yeah. and it has it has two modes, um, so it has two two uh, foot switches. One is called A mode. One is called sim mode and sim 
is a little bit more like an OG rat, and then A mode has a little bit more bottom end. Um, and this this pedal is a phenomenal uh, lead tone, but I've been using it recently with the distortion uh, control barely up as just past the point of pushed clean, like right into drive. Um, and I've been using it as a rhythm tone, and I, I dearly love it. Um, it gets, it gets, for being, you know, a very stereotypical punk and sort of on the verge of metal pedal, um, it very much does that, like, funky driven thing very well. Yeah, no, it does. I find that it to be a great garage pedal. No, it's a great garage pedal. It's, it's, it's one of those things that is far more versatile than it was ever pegged to be for just based on my use of it because i'm not a punk guy and i'm not a metal guy i i play jazz and funk and a little bit of roots rock you know so my in theory it shouldn't a pedal like this shouldn't work for me um but it does it works very well um yeah don't believe any hype about what should be anything it could be anything you want it to be you know. Well, hey, metal started with basically a five F six tweed basement. <laughs> yeah, all you need to do is listen. All you need to do is listen to Prince. You know, and you know his guitar tones were all over the place. Yep, and no one would accuse him of not being funky. No. Right. No. No. Prince is Prince is by far the funkiest of a lot of people. Oh, um, the man. Yeah, it's a great show that's going to happen here that we just got tickets for. Um, it's a post fish show. I really do not go see fish. Um, I I don't despise them, but I don't particularly like them. I, I don't appreciate- despise them. I don't despise them either. I mean, it, it's just you got to have a great song for me, you know. So the jam will only hold me for two or three tunes, and then it's like, okay, what's next? Right. Yeah, they, 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 they're not Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. They're not Jerry. Well, they don't even have to be Jerry. I mean, you know what it is? It's just, and there are plenty of jam bands that are not Jerry either. It's not, it, to me, to my experience has been standing in front of this stuff. There's no doubt about the virtuosity and the amazing tightness and the, 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 the skilled, you know, um, you know, flow of these bands together. You know, Fish is an incredible unit of musicians. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I would never deny that. Right, and, and that goes for a lot of other people. The, the, the thing that separates it, though, the whole, when I find myself losing attention is when the songs don't rise to the same virtuosity. The song has to keep me there. So I'll sit there and watch watch fish for like two, three songs. And then I'm like, okay, where am I going now? And I leave, you know, it's like, I'm done. Yeah. It it doesn't, it doesn't hold the interest. Um, there are great bands that are, you know, that are, you know, wailing out and doing this and they have really good songs, but to the point post fish on the 30th in the city, um, What's a ghost note? Have you ever seen Ghost Note? I have not, but I 
desperately want to see them. Okay, the, you have to see them, <laughs> Daniel. They are they are really one of the best units live. You will see these days. They're that good. Sput and Mono Neon, like you, that that rhythm section alone is. Yeah, ridiculous. the rhythm section is really just. Yeah, right. I, believe me. Well, I mean, it it is the rhythm section. I mean, it's the it's it's. Sput oh, it's all and, of it. And I mean, they're all the, good. The guitar players no, are fantastic. They're, they're phenomenal. Everybody, awesome. everybody meets with it. But yes, when it comes to the funk, if the rhythm section is not there, it's just not there. Like, nothing's there. Um, I'll have to send you this demo that I'm, I'm working on with my drummer and I. Uh, it's we we gotta we gotta fill it out with the rest of the arrangement, but we got the rhythm tracks cut. And whew, yeah, well, I'd love to hear it. I, yeah, you know, keep me on the list. I'd love to hear what you do. You know. Um, oh yeah, of course. But definitely keep me on the list. I'd love to hear what you do. He um, so they're playing. They're playing at the Sony Theater. At starting at midnight, and they're doing an all print show. Wow! Yeah, so I'm real. We're really looking forward to that. We're gonna we're gonna trudge in, and and check that one out. Um, that we saw them good. at Brooklyn Bowl for our first show back at the bowl. Um, that was like the first show of the bowl. Really, <laughs> we went back mm-hmm. and saw, and they were they were off the charts. It's funny we didn't get COVID then, but we got COVID now. Go figure. Yeah. Well, you know, I it's it's funny. I, I'm lucky. I didn't. I I was <laughs> I was exposed for an extended period of time to a friend of mine who was COVID positive. Who at the time didn't realize he was COVID positive. I took a, a pair of rapid tests uh, when he told me, but it was it was uh, days later, and I came back negative. Thankfully. Yeah, but you know, you don't know. Um, I will tell you the the rapid tests. They 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 will do. Well. They will do false negatives. They won't. Do false positives. So they do say on the box, be wary of false positives. Well, I, I will say this much: they really don't accept the BD Veritor, which hmm. they recalled a couple of months ago or a month hmm. ago because it had that. But they fixed the problem with the, that one lot that was out there. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So we, so like we went, we came home. Um, we were at, uh, we were at a. Uh, a music festival called Huluween, which I will tell you is the single best music festival I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of them. Um, I've worked at a lot of them. I understand. Down at Live Oak, Florida. It was easily the best we've been to. We well, came back. There you go, we, Florida. <laughs> well, I mean, no, this was, this was over, you know, this was like two weeks ago. And we, mm-hmm. we tested five and seven days and we were negative. And then we went out to see Friday night. We saw music in at Still Partners here in Seacliff. Saturday night we went to Brooklyn Steel to see Lettuce. Sunday night was the uh, uh, Gary Clark Jr. debacle, Ugh. right? Oh, which I mean, and he's so good, but it was just you know, no, he's phenomenal. But it just the sound was awful. And then Tuesday night, I saw one of the great shows. Truthfully, um, like once in a lifetime show, Beck played um, at Irving Plaza, which is this tiny place. It's like 1300 capacity. And he played Intimate Night acoustic. Um, it was just beyond, really, at that. And then we were going to go see my mom, and Christina had a, a runny nose. And she said, You know something? And I, and I had, like, my ears were a little clogged for a couple of days. And I was like, she's like, you know, I don't want to go see your mom. Let me just 
until I take the rapid test. Let me take a rapid test to make sure. And neither of us were feeling sick or anything, right? Mm -hmm. She took the rapid test and she was positive. We're like, woo. So we ran out to go get PCR tests. I took the rapid test here and I was negative. Took the PCR test and I was positive. Really? Right. So, and we're fine. You know, we don't have anything. You could tell I'm, we're having a great time talking. There's no, I'm not dragging at all. You know, we're fine. It's just, right. you won't know. So are you, you're, you're vaccinated, I would assume, right? Yeah. And I'm planning to get the booster at some point. Right. So the point is you just don't know whether you've had it or not. What's your blood type? This O blood type sometimes never even show it. They don't even show positive even when they get tested. Uh, o positive. Okay. I'm O positive too. I had it in April of 2000 or May of 2020 because I was, I became my father's aide because his, his aide got it. And then in that house was my sister who had it, my mom who had it and my mom's aide who had it. And I was taking care of everybody. Okay. I was testing. I got five or six tests. I came back negative every single time I took the test and I lost my sense of taste and smell for a month and a half. So, right. I'm O positive. I got it and I didn't come back positive. So you really don't know. I, I have a feeling that at some point last year, pre vaccines that I got it because I had a, um, I didn't necessarily lose a ton of, taste but i lost most of my smell for a while oh yeah and 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 the thing that the thing that made me aware of it was that um i uh i i could breathe but i couldn't breathe all the way i couldn't take a deep breath as soon as i took a deep breath i'd cough um and and so like i was i was basically only at 70 80 percent lung capacity so i was taking these really shallow breaths and it was freaking me out you know and i i couldn't smell too good and i took a i took a pcr test and got the results back in actually 24 hours they were like you come back negative you're fine uh but i i still have a feeling that there there is a part of me that feels like that test was wrong right um because you know i lost some smell and i lost uh <laughs> i lost all the 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 top end of my lung capacity and it, it freaked me out you know was 100 uh, yeah was you know, not listen, fun. i am betting you that you had it i can't tell you for sure when i told my doctor you know what had happened as soon as i went and got all the tests he mm -hmm. said there's no chance you didn't have it you know freaky yeah it really is i mean what are you gonna do you know it's um Listen, we're listening. To, we're living in a really different age, you know. It, we're in a demarcation line, you know, for time for people who are going to say that they knew what it was like before the pandemic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and and after, like, there are little kids today who are not going to remember, you know, remember what it was like. Seldom am I able to flex muscles from my time repairing amplifiers as an apprentice. Quite frankly, a lot of the things that I used to know I thought I'd lost.
In speaking to Adam, I found that many of the things that I knew and loved from my days repairing amplifiers with Phil Milner are still more or less there. Now, not everything is there. There's a lot of fuzzy feelings about some of the memories and some of the date codes and model numbers and certain tolerances of components, but being able to understand what Adam was saying and have somewhat of a cohesive conversation, coherent as the case may be, was really uplifting. Adam, thank you for being on the show and allowing me to see how much I had lost and how much I had kept from my days working in an amp repair shop. I will definitely have to call you uh, when I am ready to be building an amplifier of my own and talk shop. I know I had a lot of fun talking to you about a couple of circuit designs that I had in mind, and I can't wait to uh, think up some others with you. Welcome to this combination I like to call music from Blue Girl Gear Talk. Today I want to talk about turntables and sampling, which is a big part of a lot of music and has been for decades now. Now, for any of you who know me, you kind of know my two big things. For one, in my own music and what I like producing on my own time, I am very much... Uh, a fan and a servant of recording live instruments, recording live music, doing that sort of thing. I am one of the few people I know outside of guys who run bigger studios that records live drums, and certainly I'm one of, I think, two or three uh, home studios I know of. Um, And I am a very big fan of the electric mechanical keyboards and real guitars and amplifiers, um, and I tend to shy away from samples and electronic instruments unless I'm trying to build some kind of electronic dance track, which is possible for me and happens, but not often. Now, given the amount of hip-hop I've been doing lately and rap music, which is kind of the other side of my personality, especially lately, I decided to dive in for sake of being a student of hip-hop as an art and as a culture, and I really wanted to see what I could do sampling some old vinyl. So right now, a turntable, just a consumer one, although a nice one from uh, a few years ago, a dual turntable, um, has made a semi-permanent home in my studio on the top of my rack. I gotta say, I've really been enjoying working with old vinyl and sampling and flipping samples and making my own. Um, I have a stack of about 15 pieces of wax over here from Dizzy Gillespie to Cannonball Adderley to Weather Report, and I got 50 more behind me. And this, my friends, is only a small sample of what my parents and I have collected over my entire lifetime and my parents' uh, respective years of being music lovers. Now, the interesting thing is the workflow has been very different for me, sampling vinyl and working from these pre-recorded samples, but also it's been very much the same. And the 
people that I've shown this beat to that I made from flipping vinyl samples have said of it that it still sounds like something I've done and it still very much sounds like me. So I want to show it to all of you. Now, mind you, I don't know if this will ever get out for public consumption besides showing it off for all of you, but I wanted to prove to myself and to my friends both in my immediate circles and you, the listeners, that I could do this sort of thing. So here is a beat that I made with a sample from a record Roy Ayers did with Ali Shaheed Muhammad and his partner Adrian Young. I took a drum sample and a main riff as well as a saxophone line. I took a trumpet sample from a Bill Coleman record that he recorded with Django Reinhardt. And I also used the intro of Come On, Come Over uh, of Jaco Pistorius's uh, self-titled album. Cut that up a little bit and used it for my intro. Um, and I've had a lot of fun with it. And I think you will all like it. So here is the beat I made flipping samples from vinyl. Enjoy. show everyone thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed listening as much as i enjoyed talking to all you special major big thank you to adam eggert for being on the show it was so fun being able to speak in terms that i have not been able to use in a very long time and really see how much i have retained and how much i've lost from being an amplifier technician's apprentice thank you phil milner for all of you listening tune in next time we're going to have dante rinaldi he is a vfx 
uh, specialist and quite masterful in visual effects and is a part of our sponsor, VFX Unleashed, powered by Amarillo College and Central Productions. And I think we're going to have a damn good time. I think you'll enjoy listening to it and seeing how visual effects parallels with audio and the rest of the production industry. As always, there will be more gear to geek out on and more music to share with all of you. But for now, this is Daniel the D3 Cohen signing off from Blue Girl Productions Worldwide Headquarters and Studios right here in San Francisco. We're ready to record.